This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie DiPolo, senior editor at BreastCancer.org. We're podcasting on location from the 2018 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My guest is Dr. Laura Domenici, a surgeon at Dana-Farber Brigham and Women's Cancer Center, who is also assistant professor of surgery at Harvard Medical School and division chief of breast surgery at Brigham and Women's Faulkner Hospital. We're going to talk about her research on how surgery choice may affect quality of life for young women diagnosed with breast cancer. Dr. Dominici, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So research shows that more younger women are choosing mastectomy or even double mastectomy over lumpectomy. And in some cases, I've read this is because the women are really afraid of a recurrence or a new cancer. Um, Other times, it's because they've been told their reconstruction options would be better with a mastectomy. But now your research shows that women who had lumpectomy had better quality of life. So I was wondering if you could talk about the design of your study and, you know, what, why you wanted to look into this. Sure. So like you alluded to, we've noticed that over the past several years, rates of mastectomy and particularly bilateral mastectomy in young women has gone up almost tenfold. And so for that reason, we recognized that it was really complicated what the reasons for that were. Um, Now that, we didn't really feel like we had a good way to look at in a study, as you might imagine. But what we didn't know is, are these women actually achieving the things that they want? Are they happier? Do they feel better? Are they happy with how their breasts look afterwards? And we have no data on that. So within Dana-Farber, my colleague Ann Partridge has a cohort of young women that she's followed back from 2006 um, to 2016, these women enrolled, and they were all women 40 and under who had a diagnosis of breast cancer. And that's really the population and where the rates of bilateral mastectomy have skyrocketed. So it was really the right population that we wanted to look at. And these women are, have been wonderful participants in this study in that they fill out a lot of survey data um, and they follow them longitudinally. So we thought that was a nice group of women who were agreeable to fill out surveys um, and who also, whom we had a, an opportunity to have very long-term follow-up. So essentially, we did a one-time survey um, send out to all these women of a survey instrument called the Breast Cue. The Breast Cue is an internationally used Uh, validated quality of life instrument, Um, meaning that in studies it's been shown to be valid in different groups of women. And it's Um, a survey that they fill out? It's a survey women fill out. And it has a bunch of different parts to it. Now some of them are related to how did you feel after your surgery and was your doctor, did you connect well with your doctor? Um, We didn't use those because most of these women were well out from their surgery. But what we did use were the four domains that we felt would be pertinent. And that was specifically the satisfaction with breast, psychosocial well-being, physical well-being, and sexual well-being. And so we sent all these women this survey at one point in time, um, and the survey was specific to whether or not they had had breast conservation, breast conserving surgery and radiation, um, mastectomy without reconstruction, or mastectomy with reconstruction. And so the women filled out the survey that was appropriate for what surgery they had had and sent it back. And so what we did is we then broke down the demographic and the, the clinical factors about these women, and then we compared what their quality of life was for all these different surveys, and then tried to look at what factors might contribute to better or worse quality of life. Okay, and I'm curious, in the results, and you'll probably tell me this, but um, 
did women who had mastectomy with no reconstruction, where did they fall? Were they, uh, did they have better quality of life or better satisfaction with the things that you looked at than women who had mastectomy with reconstruction? So that's a great question. Um, that's not what we did in this study. Oh, in this did? study, okay. we specifically looked at the lumpectomy, the single mastectomy, and the double oh, mastectomy. Okay, I apologize. Um, just to try to look at the difference there. We do know that there was a breakdown. About 11% of patients didn't have reconstruction. 89% um, did, and different kinds of reconstruction. So our next um, step in analysis and what we're working on now is looking at just that piece. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Now, so was there any hint as to why? Uh, you know, the women with lumpectomy maybe had better satisfaction in those areas. I mean, obviously it's less surgery, so there was, you know, probably less recovery time, less pain, things like that. But it, does the does the survey look at any of that? I mean, do we have any ideas? <laughs> well, we, we don't have a great amount of ideas for okay. that. What I will say is it's clearly not any of those acute factors. Okay. The pain after surgery, the recovery time, okay. because yeah. these women were generally about at least two years out and some were even 10 years out. Oh, okay. The median follow-up was about 5.8 years. Okay. So these women were pretty far out from surgery. There shouldn't be any of those differences that happened right after um, in terms of recovery that were accounting for the difference. I, I think the biggest thing we can't tell from the study is there may be something that makes someone about them, that makes them choose a lumpectomy versus a mastectomy or a double mastectomy at baseline. Um, unfortunately, the way we did this study, we don't have that information about them, who they are as a person, and whether that might have contributed to them feeling more confident in one choice or another. Um, that's important information to get, and that's something we are continuing to work on in this young women's cohort and in a larger group of women at our institution. Uh, but I think that is absolutely an important driver, um, but it's something other than being able to say that from prior analysis of this group, there weren't major demographic differences, education, financial status, age, those sorts of things that seem to contribute, but I think we need more data about their quality of life pre-op, which we just don't have. Okay, that makes sense, because I guess I'm thinking to myself, somebody may have, before any before diagnosis even, just like themselves better, have a better body image, choose lumpectomy and be okay with that, as opposed to somebody maybe who has a poorer body image, wants to get mastectomy and reconstruction to maybe make herself feel more like she wants to feel. I don't know. I'm just that, conjecturing. That may absolutely be the case. We don't know. But I think the thing that we did pull out of this data, even with the one time, is that the group of women having mastectomy, unilateral or bilateral, had such lower quality of life, it's hard to feel like it's going, if someone's doing it to improve that quality of life, right. it's hard to feel like you're gonna be able to reassure them that they'll get there. Right, right, right. And then it, so then my, you know, my net, I just start spinning off and like, well, <laughs> you know, are these people just always unhappy with themselves, which is very sad, but there are some people that are like that. There are. I mean, this certainly there were large differences in our in our study groups as far as the you know negative association. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully not such a large group okay. of people feel that way. Um, but I think that also makes us realize that if there are people um, where we might be able to intervene um, either before surgery or certainly after surgery to help with those symptoms or to help people work through that so they're making choices really based on what's going to be the best decision for them and not just from where they are in a scared place and um, not necessarily understanding what the long-term implications are. 
Okay. Um, and I'm not sure if you looked at this either, but I'll ask the question anyway. Um, do you think the type of reconstruction a woman had after either bilateral or single mastectomy played into the satisfaction at all? Because I, if I'm remembering right, I think it was about 90% it had reconstruction. That's correct. Yeah. So I think we don't know the details on that. Okay. Um, the other part that we want to get details on is post-mastectomy radiation, which may have a big impact that we're looking at as well. Um, but what I think we can say is despite the fact that almost 90% of these women had reconstruction after unilateral or bilateral mastectomy, the quality of life still was lower than that of breast conservation. Okay. Okay. So with the results of this study, you know, what, what are you going to tell your patients? Like, what do you want somebody who's been diagnosed with breast cancer to take away from this? How can this information help them if they're making a decision? I certainly wouldn't use this data to tell every woman that breast conservation is better. Sure. Right? Um, I think that ideally, at some point in time, we'd be able to get to the place where we can go through a woman's um, body type and desires for what they want to get out of surgery and long-term goals and be able to then kind of walk them through a process where we can predict what's going to get them to that outcome. We're not there yet. Um, what I would say is that we need to begin having the conversation with women, not just about the oncologic or cancer outcomes of their surgery choices, which now we know for the most part are pretty equiv you know, equivalent, um, but I think we need to at least start having a conversation with patients about the long-term impacts of surgery. Um, and this study may not be able to allow us to pinpoint exactly what those are, but I think it shows the importance of emphasizing those things because they clearly affect women even years after surgery. The goal of my looking at these sorts of things is because I strongly believe that there should be shared decision making, meaning the woman and the physician come together to get the outcome that the woman wants or as close to that as they can. And I think that having this information is another piece of uh, the long-term outcome that women need to be able to understand their options and choose the right one. That's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you.